podcast i'm your host amanda and i'm hannah and if you're new here hi welcome if you like things strange and unusual you can go ahead and hit that subscribe or follow button you can also head down to the description box and you'll see a link that will take you to our link tree and that'll give you access to our social media twitter instagram and all that jazz and all that jazz yeah all right so today um we're back but we didn't we didn't have an episode last week um, anyways, we're going to go ahead and get into today's case because it's crazy. It's not very long, but it is pretty ridiculous. Um, if you if you see the title, you may know what we're talking about, but maybe not because this one, I didn't really know about this. Um, I was kind of searching like child murders because I wanted to do something different. And we've only talked about maybe, I think we've only really covered like one or two that teenagers and the children that have murdered someone. Um, and I came across this case and, uh, this one is, uh, when I saw it and I was reading it, I was like, Oh man, that that's crazy. But then I started diving deeper and I found out that this kid may not have done this crime and he spent basically all of his childhood in jail for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this case is about Jordan Brown and, he was charged with murdering his stepmom. So Jordan Brown was born August 12th, 1997 to father Chris Brown. Um, the mom wasn't really in the picture and I don't really know anything about that. Like, I don't know if she just dipped out. Um, shockingly enough, I actually have a friend whose, um, kid's mom just kind of left and he was right. He was left to raise his son. Um, so it does happen rarely, but it does. So she is not in the picture, so I don't know anything about her. Um, but Jordan, they lived in a very small town in Pennsylvania. It was called Wampum, Wampum, something like that. Um, his dad and him, he was basically a normal, like all American kid. I mean, they would go fishing, hunting. Him and his dad were super close. Um, he played, uh, football he was a football player. He was 11 when this happened, but he still was in sports. And yeah, I mean, it would be like my son, like this all-American boy who hunts and fishes and plays sports, all of a sudden murders somebody one day. So that's kind of the vibe I was getting from that. Um, so his dad eventually met Kinsey Hulk. I can't ever say her last name. Hulk? Hope. Um, but Kinsey, she's the step, she's going to be the stepmom. She, she, well, technically they weren't married yet, but they were engaged. Um, so anyways, he met her, his dad did, mm-hmm. um, and Chris and her kind of hit it off because I think they had known each other from like high school or something like that. So they kind of reconnected and she was actually a mom of two, a single mom of two, um, her daughter, Janessa and Adeline. And she had just got out of like a pretty bad relationship and so they just kind of connected in that way because they were both single parents um also they eventually moved in together and then Chris said that the family dynamic was great like the kids never fought they 
got along really well because they were scared of that, you know. Mm -hmm. And they were also, you know, he was also scared maybe Jordan wouldn't like his new eventually stepmom. Um, but everything was going great. The blending of the family was going well. They lived in this big house, um, like a big farmhouse in the middle of pretty much nowhere. And this town that they lived in is really tiny anyways. So eventually, like I said, they got engaged and, you know, they were getting ready to get married and Kenzie found out that she was pregnant. So when they found out she was pregnant, everyone was super excited about this. Jordan was excited because later, you know, we're going to skip through the pregnancy because nothing really interesting happened, but it was time for them to find out the gender and it was going to be a boy. Mm -hmm. So Jordan even said in an interview, he was like, this is, he interviewed, he, he got interviewed way later, but he said, um, that he was super excited to have a baby brother. You know, he always wanted a, a little brother and he was going to be a big brother to you know a, a boy and he was just really excited about it even though they were 11 years apart he still was excited I mean everybody was nobody Chris even said there wasn't any like because I'm sure you're wondering like okay is there any animosity between the stepmom and you know did he ever see any signs of like oh he you know gets mad at her really easily or they get irritated with each other no nothing like that so, that brings us to February 20th, 2009. I was nine years old. Mm-hmm. Anyways, continue. So, <laughs> um, so, Kinsey at this time is eight months pregnant. And this is when the unthinkable happens. So, normally when Chris gets up in the morning, he... Um, Kisses Kenzie goodbye. You know, he tells her, you know, I'll be back later. I'm going to work. I think he worked at some packing company or something like that. And, um, so this morning he was running late. Mm -hmm. She actually asked if he would stay home, which Chris later on in an interview said that he wishes every day he would have just stayed home because she wasn't feeling very well, but she wasn't, like, super sick. She just wasn't feeling the best, and, you know, the baby was coming soon, and so she was like would you do you want to stay home you know and he's like no I can't I really got to go in today so he kissed her goodbye and he went out the door this is about 6 30 or so maybe seven and so Jordan and Janessa said that the day was pretty normal Jordan had to go to Kenzie's room to get his clothes because I think she was in a room downstairs and he was in the room upstairs well they were gonna him and his dad and Kenzie we're going to all swap rooms. So the parents were going to go upstairs because they'd be closer to the nursery and he was going to get the downstairs room. So his clothes were in their room. So he had to go in there to get his clothes. So he walked in there, got his clothes, went to the bathroom, changed. And this is all the things that he's telling the police later. And then um, he goes and sits on the couch with his sister, Janessa. And then they wait around for a bit. And then the school bus comes. The school bus comes at 8.15 Adeline was not able to go to school because she was only four, so she was still at home and in, in bed. Around nine, so they leave, 8.15. Around nine o'clock, some tree trimmers come to trim, like, the trees around there, and they get out, they start doing their stuff or whatever, and then all of a sudden they look over and they see this little girl's, like, crying in the doorway mm -hmm. of the house. So the 
one of the guys gets kind of worried, so he walks over there, and when they get closer, they realize that she's, like, hysterically crying, and then she tells them, like, my mommy's dead. Okay. Yeah. So, they went over, and after they, you know, figured this out, they called the police. When police got there, Kenzie was in bed at first, and they didn't see anything... Like, they saw a lot of blood, so they thought, okay, maybe she went into pre-labor, and she hemorrhaged and, you know, something like that, and that's how she died. Um, it wasn't until the coroner came, so first of all, that right there should tell you that these these police officers were, were not, not equipped for a murder. Let's just say yeah. it that way. Like, this was a small, small town, so this wasn't something they deal with every day. So it wasn't until the coroner came that they realized that Kinsey had been shot in the back of the head with a shotgun, or what looked like a shotgun, okay. execution style. Um, so they call Chris. Uh, they tell him, you know, you need to get to the house. Something's happened. They don't tell him on the phone what it is. He gets to the house, and they tell him, and he said he collapses in the yard. He's really distraught understandably understandably they then of course take chris in for questioning it's procedure because he's the husband yeah. but they pretty much rule him out right away they do do a um gunshot residue test on his hands there's nothing there and then they find out you know he's been at work and so th th he's ruled out then they go to the school where jordan and janessa are they both said that you know everything was normal Jordan did say that he saw a black truck outside the house that morning. He didn't think anything of it, though, because he said that there was supposed to be people coming to, like, trim the trees. So, he knew that, and he knew, that, okay, this must be somebody, you know, out there. He didn't really take it in. in he's only 11, too. So, I mean, he sees a truck. He didn't recognize the truck, but he's just like, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then... Janessa says the same thing, you know. She says everything seemed normal. She was just getting ready and sitting on the couch and all that. I'm not sure how old Janessa was. I couldn't ever figure that out. So, the whole family was pretty much in shock after this. They all went home. Chris said that he just held his kids all night. They were, well, they're not his kids, but you know what I mean. I mean, they're basically his kids because he's taking care of them. Um, but he said he held the kids all night. Everyone was crying. Everybody was upset. He said in an interview, like, he doesn't even, even really... Even Jordan? Even Jordan, yeah. They were all crying. They didn't even realize, like, how they fell asleep, but somehow they fell asleep while crying. They basically cried themselves to sleep. Mm -hmm. um, and then they get a knock on the door at 3 in the morning okay. by the police saying that... Chris answered the door, and he said, okay, I thought maybe something, like a break in the case. He, he said maybe something good is just going to come out of the, you know, them yeah, waking like me up at 3 in the morning. Or something. Um, they tell him, no, we're here to arrest your son, your 11-year-old son, for what? the murder of your, uh, your fiancé. Yeah. Okay. Do they have any evidence? Like, what's going on? We'll get there. <laughs> so, Chris said that he was in complete shock. Jordan said he was in shock. He didn't even understand what was going on. They took, they even took him to the county jail, not to juvie, like not to the juvenile jail. They took him to the county jail where the adults are. Oh my God. Yeah. He's 11. He's 11. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris said that Jordan was never violent, loved Kinsey. Like I said, they never fought. 
he was telling the police all this, and he couldn't understand how they thought it was him. They was it, also wait, was he at school? I'm so confused. I thought he was at school. He was at school. So he got on the bus at 8.15. They found the tree trimmers got there at 9. Uh-huh. So from 8.15 to 9 o'clock, there wasn't, Jordan wasn't there. Okay. But we'll, we'll get, we'll, I'm going to explain everything. Okay. So Chris obviously is like, what kind of freaking evidence do y'all have? Like, yeah. this is ridiculous because I've been the same way. Um, this is their evidence. So they said that they found a, they had tons of guns in the house because they're hunters. They even went to like different um, hunting expos and stuff like that. So like to shoot and they would do target practice outside and blah, blah, blah. They're in the country. We know how that is here. So um, there was tons of shotguns in the house. They found a youth rifle shotgun, which did belong to Jordan. It was his shotgun that his dad gave him. Mm -hmm. Okay. There was an officer that said that it smelled like the gun had been fired recently. However, that officer was not equipped or trained in knowing when a gun was fired or not. Like, it was just... I think the officer may have even been kind of new. And so, yeah. That was one thing. Then they said that they um, found some clothes of Jordan's that had some gunshot residue on it. However, these clothes, and Chris said, were clothes that he had worn previously two days before that at a um, hunting, like, thing where they went and fired guns and stuff like that. Oh, well, that's a lot of debunked evidence you have right there. So, there was another thing. They also said that... I find this really weird. They said that um, they didn't think that someone would be able to walk around with a shotgun in broad daylight and come up to the house and shoot her with it. And I'm just like, why not? Uh, yeah. Here in the South, I mean, they're not in the South, but they're in an area kind of like the South where you hunt and fish and all this yeah. other stuff. We have tons of people here that have shotguns in their truck. And they wouldn't think anything of it if there's nobody around to just walk up into somebody's house with a shotgun and kill somebody. Like, it's not... Yeah, especially <laughs> if there's, like, a gunshot, because we hear gunshots, like, constantly, especially our neighbors, because they hunt and stuff. Yeah. So we're just like, ah, oh, yes, they're hunting or something. Yeah. Like, we never think, you know, somebody's been murdered, you know? Yeah. So yeah. if they heard a gunshot, I'm sure they wouldn't think anything of it. Yeah. So, they also said that they found some shell casings outside the house, but Chris told them that they um, did a lot of practice, like, uh, not practicing, but um, what's the word I'm looking for? Where you shoot range. guns? Or yeah, shoot gun just, range. just target practicing. Target they practicing. did a lot yeah, of that outside, so whatever. They also could not pinpoint at any point in this case whether that was the gun the youth rifle that they got out of his room, whether that was the gun that actually shot Kenzie. Okay? Keep that Mm -hmm. in mind. Okay. Now, when they talk to Jordan the second time, um, when they get him there, his story changes. Not a lot, just a touch. The only thing that changes about his story is that he said he does remember seeing a person in that truck that we were talking about, the black truck. He says he remembers seeing a person with a hat Maybe ducking down, trying to not be seen. That was it. Okay. Janessa's story also changed. 
So if his story changes and her story changes, couldn't she be the killer? I mean, it didn't make any sense. That mm-hmm. that was one of the things, like, they were like, oh, his story changed. He's the killer. Well, so did the little girls. They're freaking children. Yeah. <laughs> so she said... Janessa's story changed and she said that she does remember her brother moving some guns around that morning. However, Jordan, to this day, denies that that ever happened. He's like, I never touched the guns. I never moved them. She was younger than him, so it's very well, it's very likely possible that with everything going on, because they were discussing the case in front of these children, which is a big no-no. Yeah, that's something you don't So, with everything going on, um... It's very possible that she might have been thinking of another time when he moved guns around, or maybe the night before, mm. or whatever. It, it, it doesn't matter. So, they tested the dad's hands for gunshot residue. Remember? I told yeah. you that. He didn't have any. So, you would think they would test his hands for gunshot residue, right? Jordan's, when they arrest him, they didn't. If they thought that he murdered her, why, why the hell they didn't they test him? his hands? I have no clue. No idea. Are they putting him in jail just for that? Just for that evidence? Yeah, this me? is the evidence that they put him in jail for. Yes. Yeah. I've never in my life. What? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It gets it gets crazier. I don't understand. It gets it gets crazier. So, Chris is pissed. Basically, I mean, he's he's pissed off, and he's thinking, okay, I've got to figure out a what. I got to. I guess I'm the one that's gonna have to figure out who did this. Mm-hmm. So he told the police about Adam Harvey. Now, Adam was Kenzie's ex-boyfriend, not husband or anything. But it was um, her ex. Yeah. She even had a protection order, like a restraining order out against him. Because when she was with him, he was abusive. And at one point, he even told her, like, he threatened her life and her family's life at one point. Wow. So, Adam also drives a black truck. Yeah. There now, Jordan has no idea who who Adam is. He has no idea about this black truck that he drives. He's never met the man. He didn't know about the man. Nothing. Okay? So, he, he would have not been able to, like, give them that information to, like, yeah. throw them off. You see what I'm saying? Now, Adam supposedly didn't know where they lived. And that was one of the things that the police were kind of like, well, how would he know, you know, he doesn't know where you live because Kenzie tried to keep him from knowing, you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But uh, we all know that it's pretty easy to figure out where somebody lives and all you got to do is just stalk stalk them to know when their husband's leaving for work and when the kids leave for school. It's not that difficult. I mean, if you really want to kill somebody, if he really wanted to kill her, he could have done it. We've seen way too many cases where people do that. Um, so the police do talk to Adam. They go to his house. They talk to him and he tells them, I guess, I I think he tells them like he was there all day. He didn't go anywhere. (laughs) One of the reasons why they believe him is because there was snow. He lives 20 miles. Okay. 20 miles, which I don't know. 20 minutes. Well, it's about, about 30 minutes. 30? I think. I'm pretty sure. So, there was snow on top of his truck. They said there was no way that the snow wouldn't have melted if he drove 20 miles there and 20 miles back. Now, personally, I have had snow on my car last for like a day. 
like a whole yeah. day driving around exactly whatever it's cold in both places it's not like it's warm there compared to where he was so that didn't make any sense to me um especially if it's like really wet snow it's gonna stick i mean we know exactly. that exactly so that was one of the reasons why they believed him the second reason was because um they gave him a polygraph test that's what it was. And he passed. Well, fuck that me. Doesn't that doesn't mean shit. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we know that. We've talked about that so many times on this show. Polygraph test is like pissing in the wind. You know, it exactly. could, could may, maybe work, maybe not. Who knows? And also, a polygraph test does not hold up in court. So, would they have actually arrested him for this and maybe looked into a little bit more things? They probably would have Why found out. Why didn't they? T- I don't understand. They tested the they dad, but they didn't test him for they gun didn't residue. Test Jordan something. for. I mean, uh, they didn't test this Adam guy for gunshot residue. Residue. Also, he even told the police that he, you know, was upset about this. Blah 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 blah. But then he had actually found out a couple of like days or maybe a week before this that Adeline. The little girl I told you about. Yeah. He thought it, he thought that Adeline was his this whole time, but he had just recently found out that Adeline wasn't his. That's a good reason. That's to another kill reason. <laughs> That's another motive that you have. That's a motive. The kid doesn't have any motive. Also. Yeah. Now the mo- well the motive that the police came up with was that he was jealous of the new baby. He was going to be jealous of the new baby. Then why would he be so excited? Exactly. He was literally excited. Yeah. Like, you can't say that. And if there a were kid, signs, yeah. maybe. And a kid would not be... I mean, there are some some kids out there that are very evil. But I feel like at some point, even the dad would have seen it, you know? Exactly. He would have had signs of, like, serial killer signs, like killing rabbits or, you know, something, something that was, like, very, like, oh, something's wrong with this kid. But yeah. you, you didn't have that. So... They were going to, at first, try him as an adult, which meant that he was going to be in prison for life. Um, Chris even kept asking Jordan, because Chris said in an interview, he was like, after this, I thought to myself, I was like, what if he did do this? So I kept asking him every time I saw him. By the way, he had to drive 200 miles to see him because they moved him to a juvenile detention center that was like a ways away. Mm -hmm. So Chris asked him... He was like, every time I would see him, I would just ask him, like, hey, bud, you know, you can tell me the truth. Like, I'm not going to get mad. You know, I'm not going to be upset. Did you do this? And his answer always was no. To this day, Jordan says he did never do this. So. And if a kid would have done it, he would have admitted by now. Yeah, eventually. Um, So, yeah, he, they were going to try him as an adult, but eventually, um. A judge ruled that he could be tried as a juvenile, which is good, but still. They were going to trial him as an adult? They were going to try him as an adult for capital murder, which would have meant he was going to be in prison for life. Oh, my God. Yeah. I can't. So, luckily, a judge decided against this, and they decided when they do go to court, he'll, he'll be tried as a juvenile. So, he could maybe eventually get out. So, it took forever for the trial to start. Um... It took until he was 14, so he spent two years in juvie. So, on July, or not July, in 2012, around April, he they, they started court. It only lasted for three days, and this was a 
it was one of those court cases where they didn't have a jury. It was going to be the judge's decision because he was so young. So, after three days, the verdict came back and the judge found him guilty of this crime. Yeah. Without, let me just say what they didn't have. They did not have fingerprints. They didn't test Hmm. for fingerprints. They didn't test for fingerprints at all in this house. Anywhere. Door handles, nothing. They also, where she was at, she was, I guess, on her back. And then when they flipped her over, they found the gunshot in the back Mm -hmm. of her head. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, walk me through this. Jordan had to have either shot her in the back of the head, then laid her down in her bed, picked her up off the floor and laid her down in her bed. Yeah. Which, she's pregnant, eight months, and she's an adult. He's 11. Or, he would have had to have, she would have had to have been standing on the, like, right at the edge of the bed. And then he would have had to stand on the bed and shoot her in the back of the head. And then she falls down. Like, perfectly. Perfectly, yeah. So. And then there, was there blood everywhere? No. Okay. So he would have to clean it up. How does he know how to do that? Mm -hmm. There was not blood anywhere. There wasn't blood anywhere. And you know what the police said? That why, because the the prosecution was like, why was there not blood? You know, there has to be blood splatter. This is a shotgun wound to the back of the head. They said that her hair stopped it. What? That's no, no. <laughs> you know how many times people have been shot in the back of the head and there's been blood everywhere and they've had lots of hair? Yeah. What? Her hair oh my stopped God. it. Yeah. That, literally, even in the 2020 interview, when, when What's Her Name um, is interviewing them, the police, she's like, what g- made y'all think that there couldn't be blood everywhere? And the cop goes, well, we, 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 knew, we said that it was her hair that stopped the blood. What? <laughs> so I was just like, I was sitting there like, what are we, are we really, is this real life right now? So anywho, um, they found him guilty. The prosecution was pretty pissed, pissed about this, obviously. So they took it, his lawyers took it all the way to um, Supreme Court. Unfortunately, Supreme Court takes forever to go over things and to go through things um so it wasn't until july 18th 2018 oh my lord that he finally they overturned it and he was released mm-hmm. so how old was he nine to, uh, 11, uh, 18 so when when did he go it was like nine years and he was 11 so he was like 20 yeah so he spent his entire teenage years in prison. prison. He was either 20 or 21 when he got out. Um, but the court, the Supreme Court ruled that they could not, there was, like, they had without a shadow of a doubt, like, they could not prove without reasonable doubt that he was the murderer. And you exactly. have to. I mean, if you're going to c- convict someone of murder, you have to prove without a shadow of a doubt that they did this. And they couldn't do it. And that's why the Supreme Court overturned it. Um, Jordan, however, is pretty freaking smart. He had a 3.9 GPA. He continued school through juvenile detention and stuff like that. He also is going to college to be a civil rights lawyer currently. So that's really cool. Um, Good on him. Yeah. Probably because everything that he went through, he was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. Yeah. So the case, they're also going to, um, I guess... His lawyers, or he's gotten some lawyers together to sue some of the police officers 
in this case, they're retired now, but it doesn't really matter um, because they said there was just, there's no way that an 11 year old should have been tried for this murder. There was no DNA, there was no fingerprints, and there was no blood splatter. Blood splatter. Splatter. Yeah. Um, there wasn't even blood anywhere on Jordan's clothes, by the way. Even the clothes that had the gunshot residue, how, there wasn't blood on. How would he know how to clean the clothes? Like, an 11-year-old? I mean, Isaac is 13, and I had to teach him how to make fucking eggs, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, if you think about it, if there was gunshot residue on those clothes, why was there not blood splatter on those clothes? That means he didn't wash those clothes, if those exactly. were the clothes that he was wearing when he did it. It I was just... I, I didn't understand it either. Um... So, yeah, currently, that's what's going on. I mean, this case, this part of the case is closed, but, um, you know, it is still open as far as them taking these cops to court and trying to, I mean, they need, like, compensation or something. Exactly. <laughs> they can't give him his life back, but they at least need something. Something needs to Some happen. Some kind of punishment. Yeah. Um, Kenzie's family always believed that Jordan did it. Which, I can understand them being upset and them just, you know, picking anybody. Whoever the cops say. Why, did they, why like, did they think he was... The, the only reason they thought this is because they said that he was a troubled kid. Even though none of his teachers, none of his classmates, none of his other family members, and his dad, no one saw any trouble with him. But these new people that are coming into his life... Yeah said that he was troubled. It doesn't make any sense. Um, I know that they're grieving, but it's kind of weird that they just automatically thought, yes, for sure, this 11-year-old did yeah. this, you know. Mm -hmm. um, especially when, if it's a case with a kid, like, I'm going to need a lot more evidence. I'm going to need a lot more evidence before I put a kid away. He would have to have, For the like, rest of their life. Blood all over him, just... And then also the school thing. Also, can we talk about that? When did it happen? How did he have enough time to clean up everything, then put the body back, and then go to school and be like, hey guys, and be alright? Yeah. That's just... Yeah, because his dad left about 6.30, 6 7. The 7. bus got there about 8.15, so it 8. was an hour. In that hour, he in that somehow hour, moved he got his up, mom. He got up, he shot her, he bathed. He must have washed the clothes because, well, they didn't they didn't test for any blood splatter because they said oh, her hair caught it all. Mm -hmm. um, anyways, and then he put her body in that position. I just can't get over the fact did that they didn't realize did that. Did he see his mom that morning? He said he did. His his. Stepmom, yeah. He said he did. He said that he, he walked in there, got his clothes. Remember, that was yeah. what he said. He walked in there, he got his clothes, and then he left. Did he see, like, had an interaction with her? I think so. I think even Janessa did. Janessa okay. even said that her mom told them goodbye when oh they got God. on the bus. Or like, that's enough not evidence. Not right before they got on the bus, but not too far. Now, Janessa did say that she thought... Um, no, not Janessa, I'm sorry. Adeline, later on, she's four. But yes. when she was 13, she came out and she she did say that um, she remembers some things about that day. Now, she was four at the time, so you can't really take what she's saying seriously because, we. I mean, we just don't know. She was four. She, did, she didn't recount anything at the time. Yeah. Now she's recounting it all of a sudden. 
But if this is true, what she says, this is pretty huge because she said that um, she was asleep and she said she remembers hearing a loud boom and that's what woke her up. And then she wakes up, she gets startled as she wakes up. She said she remembers like walking downstairs, trying to, you know, see if anybody was there. She, she noticed that um, her brother and sister were gone like, they had already went to school. And then she said that she heard her mom's phone ringing. And she went to go answer it because it just kept ringing, kept ringing, kept ringing. And so she walks in there and she answers it. Or she she picks it up and she tries to wake her mom up and she realizes her mom's dead. Then she goes to the door and she sees the tree trimming guys. Now, why didn't she bring this information Because up? she was four at the time. So, I mean, yeah, she's not a really credible witness. <laughs> so, um, and, she, and she may have been in shock. She knows she's shy. She's a four-year-old. I don't know. I mean, you can't really take what she says with, a, with any kind of fruition. But, um, did the, the yeah, person so, that checks out the body, did they uh, determine a time of death? I could not figure that out. I couldn't okay. figure that out. They probably just didn't. They do probably their job. didn't. I mean, honestly, they probably didn't. I even searched for that everywhere on the internet, like trying to figure out a time of death, and there wasn't a, there wasn't a specific time of death, because I thought it was really weird, because they said that the baby. Do you remember she was pregnant? They said no. that the baby had asphyxiated, which meant that it was it died like due to lack of oxygen. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long that takes, but. If they left at 8.15 or 8 o'clock when the bus got there, that's a solid hour or 45 minutes at the at the very least yeah. for someone to do all this. And the tree trimming guys didn't get there till 9. So, I mean, yeah, it's very possible. I don't know. The police just dropped the ball on this one. What do you guys think in the comment section? Because I know that y'all are probably going to have some mixed feelings about this. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe you'll be like, And uh, if yeah. the girl <laughs> saw her, somebody could have broken to the house and killed her. Yeah. You know, she didn't see Jordan. Well, if it was the ex-boyfriend or whatever. Um, he could have broke into the house, killed her. Anybody could have been watching the house. That was something that the police were like, no one knew where they lived. Well, how the hell do you know that? You don't know. You can't stake your life on that, that nobody knew where they lived except for family. And if that's the case, why aren't we looking at the families? Like, is there anybody that had animosity towards her in the families? Like, we just didn't go any further except for checking out Adam for like a second. And then when he passed the polygraph test, they were like, oh, yeah, okay, he's done. And then going, why didn't you give the boy the polygraph test? Exactly. That's so weird to me. It's almost like they were trying to just get it over with because it was a small town and they needed to find the murderer. You so they pinned they it on point, this boy. I, well, no, because the boy, the guy was, he was at work. So I bet they were like, oh, we can't pin it on him because they were really trying. And then they were like, well, well, 11 boy could have done it. Yeah, that's good enough. Let's do it. Yeah. It's like they literally didn't care. And you're a monster if you're just like, I want to get this done. Like, I want to get this over with. Like, yeah. this is a life we're talking about. Yeah. And some people did say, uh, like... homework assignment. Why would Adam shoot her and not take Adeline? Because that's ultimately, you know, what he was yeah. mad about. But if that's not his kid, he doesn't care. I mean, if he found out that she wasn't his, why would he take her? And that would only make him look more suspicious. If she mm-hmm. was gone, they yeah. would go straight to him. Be like, well, this is the ex-boyfriend that got mad because... Or maybe you know, just he found shot out. her, and then he heard Adeline get up. 
that that's why or he, he heard the away. tree trimming guys outside yeah that coming too. up the driveway or something or the she went because he could have parked he could have parked that car anywhere and ran out the back door because this was in a wooded area so it's not like the fact that they didn't check for fingerprints on any of the doors fucking blows my mind like i just like what yeah the fact <laughs> that they didn't shut that place down and then let and the first thing they did is let the um what are they called people to check out the body Cor- corners corner mm-hmm. go go in first that's stupid you don't do that it's like they're not professionals yeah well they weren't equipped to handle this i mean this was the first murder they had ever had in this town so It'd be like if a murder happened here in, in this tiny little yeah. town. I mean, we this town has uh, probably less than a thousand, I don't even know, less than, uh, got to be around 500, 5,000 people in this town. So, I mean, or less than that. So, if a murder happened here, yeah, I, I don't see it going very well. Um, But anywho, yeah, that is the story of Jordan Brown. So, let us know what you guys think in the comments. Let us know if you think, you know, that he did it or... Or what? Personally, I do not. Yeah, um, I don't either. And also, if he did, I'm going to need to see more evidence. Which, now it doesn't matter because it's gone. So, I don't exactly. really know how they're going to do that. Chris is devastated still to this day because he doesn't know who killed his, his fiance and his unborn child. And he's pretty pissed about it. He wants to know who did it, you know. Um, Jordan's, uh, I mean, Kenzie's uh, parents and family still stand that Jordan did this. Like wholeheartedly. 100%. And by the way, Jordan has never admitted that he did this. He hasn't even admitted to anyone in juvenile detention, like any friends or anything that he might have gotten in the ju- in juvie that he did this. He never once said to somebody oh yeah, you know, I killed my I, I killed my stepmom. Yeah, exactly. Never, never said that. Um, he just said he tried to like lay low and juvie because there were like bad kids in there. bad kids in there yeah. there were kids that were cussing each other out they were trying to stab each other at the lunch table like he said that he said it was just crazy so um anyways but yeah let us know what you think in the comments don't forget to like subscribe uh like i said on spotify we now you can now rate us so it'd be awesome if you guys would go give us a rating and yeah hopefully we will see you guys next weekend um but until then we'll hopefully y'all have a good uh week yeah rest of the week i was trying to think of what day it was and we'll talk to you guys later bye Bye.